Hello and welcome to Volume 3 of Wrestling 20 Years Ago and the ECW Show. Volume 1 this month is WF and Backlash and Volume 2 is WCW and Spring Stampede. We have a month of Hardcore TV and I am joined by a new contributor to the show, my good buddy who I've known for many, many years, Mr. James Jell. How the devil are we, sir? Uh, I've been better, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm full of cold, I'm full of flu, I feel terrible. But as a good soldier, I will carry on throughout this Bow and on. see how I do. Yeah. Wonderful. So, have you got some news headlines for me? I have indeed. Uh, so, the Extreme Championship Wrestling News, latest status of ECW. So, despite assertions from Paul Heyman, ECW wrestlers continue to be nervous about the future of the company. Former ECW star Bam Bam Bigelow has been telling people in and around WCW that ECW will be shutting down after the next pay-per-view. Heyman has denied those rumours and continues to tell the wrestlers that the company is not folding. He's telling them that there's just a few sticking points remaining on the negotiation with Buena Vista, the Disney subsidiary. An independent source of the TV industry tells The Torch that Buena Vista are indeed interested in brokering into beyond movies and TV, but they're a bit worried about what's going on with ECW's image related to Disney. Heyman has come out and said himself that he has not had a single conversation with Scott Bigelow since he left the company, and any statement that he's ever said to him or anything is not true about ECW. ECW owes Public Enemy no money, and the fact that Public Enemy may actually owe ECW money based on the fact they don't show Queens. The Public Enemy, as of February the 10th, informed that they should have to pay over their money. They signed a two-year licensing agreement to the World Wrestling Federation for the rights of the names Public Enemy, Flyboy, Rocker, Rock and Jolly Grunge, which are public property of HHG slash ECW. So when they appeared in WCW, it was a gift upon them leaving the company they were allowed to use the names. However, this is not the same for their WWF run. As for Jim Fulton, aka Hack, aka Sandman, he also is a property of an intelligent property of HHG and ECW. And again, he has no money coming his way either. Is it softball season? Well, it might be as Sid uh, didn't appear as scheduled at the ECW event at the beginning of this month. While Heyman is said to have fired Sid, Sid is also saying publicly that he has quit over a bounced check or not receiving a plane ticket. He later said that the deal with ECW is Paul Heyman was never given me a booking date. I asked him and he never returns my calls, yet he advertised me to all the arenas and that is a misjustice for all of the fans. Until the checks go through, I can't see me working for this guy as he can't pay me. Misjustice, wouldn't that be his daughter's name? Sorry, that's a terrible <laughs> joke. I apologise, <laughs> listeners, I couldn't help myself. 
Uh, new TV deals. So with all of the wonder of people not getting any money coming into the company, ECW has sent out a press release this month saying that there has been several new TV clearances starting in May. On May the 1st, ECW will air in Youngstown's Ohio and in Chicago. And on the 29th of May, there will be a new deal for Buffalo in New York. The press release says that the company is expanding its coverage to Albany, New York, and claims that they are gaining more ground in Las Vegas too. ECW game may be on the way. That's right. There is continued talks that hope that a deal will be finalised between Acclaim and ECW in the coming weeks. In more things around money, this could technically make the company solvent and debt-free for the first time in over a year. Without the deal, however, there are rumours that the WF or WCW may be interested in bailing out the company as part of whole ownership of the company. The rumours appear to at least gain credibility at this point, as Paul Heyman would prefer to remain independent, but the deals are hinging on the video game and a potential TNN deal. And New Jack trial put back again. So Jerome Young, aka New Jack's criminal trial, is been put back again dealing with the Eric Hewless mass transit incident. Originally it was scheduled to begin on April the 7th but it has now been put back to May the 26th. Young's attorney is yet to file any witness lists to the court. So before we go into the TV reviews obviously it's that time where we have to go if you want to hear extra stuff from us, you can go to our Patreon for a five whole dollars a month. You get your extra content, and obviously for one dollar a month, you get the shows as soon as they are recorded and edited. Um, so obviously, if you want to help us out, that would be most wonderful. So into week one's TV, and we're opening up with a Fonzie promo. Good God. Everybody's talking about the last pay-per-view. Everybody's talking about the big title match. Everybody's talking about the big controversy. Well, the first time, Sabu, you lied to me. You told me you were 70%. I know for a fact you were only 40. Broken jaw, broken teeth. What you need is some downtime. Paul Heyman said he's find a substitute. Bill Alfonso said don't wrestle. The doctor said absolutely not. Even the man himself, the Sheik, said Sabu for the first time, back down. But you didn't. You're on the bench, buddy. Go ahead and hit me. You can hit me all you want. But if you wrestle again, you lose me as a manager. I quit. Sabu's just upset because he spent too much time worrying about his match and he totally missed my match, which of course was the best match on the pay-per-view. Oh, by the way, Jerry, congratulations on having the best match. Not on winning, Jerry, because you lost. You lost, Jerry. You didn't beat me. The people don't think you beat me. You lost. Hey, Fonzie, please. As a matter of fact, I kicked your ass so bad on the pay-per-view, Jerry, the fans are now calling me Mr. Pay-Per-View. Come on, Jerry, say it along with me. Mr. P-P-V-R-V-D. 
So Fonzie says that Sabu wasn't fit enough to fight Taz. RVD says that he is had the best ma match at the pay-per-view. So as such, he's now Mr. PPV RVD. Tip, but I don't like it. I don't think he really... RVD is good enough to be on his own. Sabu is good enough to be on their own. There's nothing that he does that helps them elevate. All I can understand is he's there because sometimes they need somebody to hold the chair so he can do the Van Daminator. Pretty that much. is his sole purpose, and to blow that whistle and piss me off. <laughs> yes. That is all I have to say on Bill Alfonso. <laughs> Next subject, move on. Let's go, let's get through this, come on. So, we then get a replay of RVD being Bam Bam Bigelow for the title last year. Obviously, we are at an anniversary of RVD being the TV champion. We then get a tag match between Chris Chetty and Nova versus Danny Doring and Roadkill. Decent match, mostly highlights. We see Chetty and Nova win after a double top rope leg drop splash combo, which was very cool. We then get a promo from Axel saying that ECW doesn't need a hardcore title, they're hardcore anyway. We get a Shane promo where he says that Tommy has done what he needs and will carry ECW and they will beat down Justin and Lance. We then get Gertnavision. Yeah, that's good sign, I know. Okay, wait, let's switch places. You shoot me now. Alright, come here. Come on. Okay. Give me the camera. Right. Give me the camera, Joel. Joel, give me the camera. Okay, give me the shot. Give me the shot. Alright, go, go, go. Well, 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 if it isn't time for another episode of Gertnervision. Allow me to break in at this time the former and soon-to-be future ECW. Look, look at you, what, what do you want? You better talk, what? 
not how much he weighs. It's his wallet. He's got five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. God damn, Steve Carino, Uh, no, but hey, you got a problem? No. Hey, I need a favor. What? I got $5,000 for you guys. Well, let me tell you something. We'd be more than happy to take your money for whatever it is you need done. Of course, you'll never get your money back. Justin, Landstorm. What do you mean? Hey, I have $5,000. As you guys know, I had a pay-per-view debut. Living dangerously. Balls my homie, smack me with a chair, knocked me out, <laughs> embarrassed me in front of my family and friends that were watching. It's gonna hurt us a lot. Man, it hits pretty hard. I need you guys to take him out. It hits hard, man. Baby. Real hard. I had, he probably cheated two to win. I ain't hardcore. I'm a wrestler. Yeah, you are hardcore. Look at you, man. You're jacked up. What are you, what are you 175, 180 pounds now? 205. Damn. <laughs> I'm on the right way. But you got that five grand? Yeah, I got five grand in cash. Let's get him. Hey, oh! Axel! Let him go, so the Ladies, man, I'm not going to do this. Step one. We'll get the job done. It will be over for Paul's and Axel. We'll get the job for some reason. You'll get your money back. Hey, I trust you. I, 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 know, I know you guys can do it. So I can't. Want you put that man in five grand? Five grand. You don't count. You trust me, right? You do that. Okay? You can trust me. Or just need to be done. You can get acts on the process. More power to you guys. Okay. My man. My boys. Relax. As you've just heard there, Gertner is with the Dudleys. They've said they've beat up everyone and says that RVD and Sabu are ducking them. Carino comes in and asks the Dudleys to take out Balls and Axel. We then see the Dudleys go and beat down Balls and Axel, laying them out and saying that they are going to do what they want and take the fucking titles. We then get a promo from Jerry Lynn saying that he will win at the next pay-per-view because he's the new fucking show. And then the Impact players, Lance and Justin, say that they're not there to be kind. They want their money back and they will beat down Shane and Tommy. We then get the main event of the show with Lance, who's with Bueller, and Tommy, who's brought out with Francine. We get a broad start. Tommy uses the mic 
hits him a few times, hits a snap mare and then some biting, a power slam gets a two. Grabs the chair and hits a leg sweep on the chair. Tommy misses a second rope elbow drop, Lance with some boots and elbows, punches and they reverse whips until Lance goes over the top and into the barrier. They brawl outside and into the crowd. Lance hits a springboard shoulder block off the railings. Back into the ring, Lance hits chair shots. Francine grabs the chair and hits a head kick. Tommy then hits a pile driver on the chair for a two. Bueller comes in to break it up. Francine in and we get our obligatory cat fight. Justin in, rams Tommy into the chair. Lance pins him and post-match we get the beat down until Shane comes and makes a save. Justin then hits a fucking sick cane shot onto Shane and they beat Shane down. We then get a match between Jerry Lynn and Tracy's mothers which ends in a no contest because mid-match out comes RVD, hits a Van Daminator on Tracy. Sabu then in, beats down Big Dom, Guido and Sally. It just all ends in a smoz until you see Sabu doing a leg drop through a table on Tommy Rich. So, quickly on the uh, Smoz Jerry Lynn Tracy Smothers match, good to see Sabu turns up and gets his shit in. Yes, uh, I I do like Sabu. Like, I'm normally a bit more of a wrestling purist. I like old school Southern style traditional wrestling, um, but I do love Sabu. I think he's one of them people that almost transcends what people like about wrestling mm. like he's one of those characters where you you just know he's a mad bastard in real life yeah so why hide that fact in the ring and pretend he's not so yeah I mean I really enjoy Shabby but props to Lance Storm I think he is he could easily be the linchpin of ECW for years to come yeah I think he would fit well in a feud with RVD if they decide to go that route for television title if they turn uh, I mean, I'll take it RVD's still sort of a heel, but uh, sort of a face, more of a tweener sort of role. I, th- I think RVD's just RVD. Yeah, so I mean, he'd, I think him and Lance Storm could have an absolute few barnstormers over that TV title. Yeah. But it'd also work well against Taz if they decide to put him there in with the World Championship. Or if he carries on, obviously, teaming with Justin Credible, they can go for the tag belts. Yeah. He's, I think. Um, it's one of them where Lance Storm, he may be a round peg, but he fits in every fucking hole you could possibly want. Yeah. The thing, the thing is, I look with someone like Lance, staying with Jerry Lynn, mm. and in a way a little bit with Justin, Yeah, is if the financial issues are carrying on with ECW, you know, that mass uncertainty, mm. you could see them turning up in... or in WCW or the Fed and just being solid mid-card workers certainly Lance Storm um, Justin Credible I'm not so sure about Uh, I don't think he's somebody Vince would overly see Uh, whether he could go to WCW I don't know but with their new built hardcore division I think he'd fit in there with Raven and Hack yeah potentially but I mean I don't know uh, I don't know if he's a strong enough character for mm. WCW or ECW because I mean part of what he is at the moment is he has his large entourage doesn't he and yeah. Jason and um, he's got the, the gang with him yeah and the as yet unnamed woman and uh, yeah so I mean it'd be interesting to see like if he does end up going somewhere like that if the money troubles are true um, just how they'd use him and in what role and obviously 
the name just incredible uh, is a bit lame, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but again, it's like wrestling. Name. Yeah, I mean, it works in con. It, it's one of those things where when you take it in context with the way ECW is as a company, it's fine. But if you put it in the WWF or WCW, but then again, you've got it's ridiculousness sticks out too much to me. Well, I like Val Venus because he's a porn star with his penis. penis. Yeah, well, they couldn't call him Pal Penis, could they? <laughs> I had to change two letters. Yes, well, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's looking good. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the tag match. Yeah, it's got to be at the pay per view with Justin and. Justin Lance versus Dreamer and yeah. Shane because that's just mm. going to be fun. I'm not sure where Lance Storm is from originally because he doesn't mention it in any of his I promos, does he? I think I think he might be from Canada. I, don't know, I thought he was Yorkshireman. Oh well. <laughs> but you know, yeah. you should always ask him. He might tell us. Yeah. So we go into week two's TV, um, which is from the Cyber Slam '99 event. We open up with our boy Lance sporting a Monday Night Jericho top. Very nice. Very, very classy. And we will hear that promo now. I'm gonna prove it. 
for those of you who can't do the math, this is a specimen sample that I'm willing to subject to drug testing. The only question is, is Tommy Dreamer willing to do the same? Because you see, I saw a really old picture of Tommy Dreamer last week, and he was actually in shape once upon a time. And I know for a fact, he doesn't even know a guy named Jim, so I figure he's taking shortcuts. So Dreamer, if you got the guts to get your fat ass out here, you can prove me wrong. So you've just heard him saying that he's calling out Tommy, uh, saying that he's claiming that Tommy's on the gas and wouldn't be able to take a piss test. So out comes Tommy, Lance beats on him, gets him out of the ring, Tommy then hits him with a DDT and pours Lance's piss over his face. God, I hope that was apple juice. <laughs> just, just It's ECW, so it's possibly someone's piss as a rib, and that's the yeah. last bit about it. Yeah, there, there is potential. <laughs> So we then go into the TV title match between RVD and a returning to Gold Scorpio. We see Sabu backstage wanting to go out but being held down by six guys and Heyman telling him that he can't wrestle. So RVD starts with some headlocks and a shoulder block, kicks, elbows and two cold hits and underhook slam with a sidekick and a headbutt. RVD with some quick sidekicks, a backflip, <coughs> drop kick into the corner. RVD hits the drop down into a spinning leg heel kick, forearms, two cold hits a heel kick, corner clothesline and a super kick. Hits a lovely German suplex and the Harlem hangover which gets a two. He then hits a sit out torture rack. At this point we go to the ads and we see Cyrus the virus telling Sabu that he should go out and help. We come back from the ads to see Sabu hitting a triple jump leg drop through the table onto two cold. Fonzie chews out Sabu RVD then hits a springboard leg drop onto the chair for a two. RVD hits a low blow. Two Cold reverses a powerbomb into one of his own and gets a two count. Fonzie then pushes Two Cold off the top rope so he's crotched for RVD to hit the Superman Dominator, the five star frog splash, and get the win. RVD, clearly the best wrestler in America these right now. 
uh, he's certainly up there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard to uh, think of too many people um, in his league. I mean, it's, I think the difference between him and, say, somebody like um, a Benoit is Benoit does a more traditional style. Yeah. Where RVD has a very unique style to himself. Um, lots of twirls, twists, and turns in unnecessary ways, but not in bad ways. Yeah. Uh, like, so he'll do a leg drop, but he decides to twirl while he does it. Yeah. Which is like. Because you can. Yeah. Because he is obviously very athletic and very capable of doing so. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to um, certainly not have him up there in the top three at least. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, he's arguably definitely up there. I mean, whether. I mean, say he went to WCW or ECW, obviously he was in WCW for a while. Back in the early 90s as Robbie V, wasn't he? Yes. Um, but I mean, I don't think he wrestled the same sort of style he did now. Uh, I wonder whether they'd water him down. Um, and I wonder whether his shtick would be as over again in front of a hardcore, like a less yeah. hardcore fan base. The thing is, we all know that he's a stoner. Yeah. He doesn't have to tell us that, but we all know. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas if he went to the Fed, I don't know if Vince would be as happy to promote a stoner. Um, with the current way it is, with the Attitude Era, I'm surprised they sort of don't. They kind of do, I suppose, with Road Dog to a degree. And I suppose you've got X Park character and X Park and things like that. So I mean, but again, it's one of those where it's. Um, it's the subtle mentions of things rather than a full out and out you know in your face yeah. sort of uh, barrage of information with regards to somebody's character um, which obviously I hope Vince keeps up and doesn't make things too obvious like calling something the Viking experience <laughs> um, why would he ever just just know Jesus but yeah um, so uh, yeah I mean I think he'd um, I think he'd flourish in either again as say if his ECW does fold as Bam Bam Bigelow has mentioned uh, has been discussed with him I mean it's we all know that Heyman is somebody who tries to sell ice to Eskimos for want of a better term um, so it's he's one of them you can, I think uh, if I worked for him for example I wouldn't take what he said with a pinch of salt I'd take it with a solid pound of salt yeah. every time but that's that is what it is, but I'd say yeah, RVD 100% up there in the top three in the world in 1999 without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and it's actually good to see Too Cold back actually being able to wrestle instead of yeah, I that mean, he's not show his, that he's been doing in the Fed. He's not wearing his flashy platform boots anymore, which is a bit annoying, <laughs> but um, no, I mean he's again a tremendous wrestler and who'd have thought Vince would put a black man in a dancing gimmick, Jesus Christ, um, but yeah, um, yeah, again, absolutely been wasted in WWF. Yeah, for um, for the past couple of years, what three, four years he's been there. Yeah, it's so um, when when he was uh, back in WCW back in the day. Yeah, he was the shining light of athleticism in those sort of mediocre ninety two, ninety three runs. Yeah, so he's always had the the way of doing it and being that good in the ring. Obviously Vince signed him because of that and what he was doing in ECW originally. Mm. I don't get why they just went, oh no, we'll just it, 
seems to be stutter everything about you and yeah just it seems to be a vince thing he signs people for what they can do and then they're never allowed to do it yeah which is a very fed thing to do um i mean you just look at i mean there's more than sort of that example i mean i don't think he ever used bam bam big low to his full potential granted yeah. he had the wrestlemania match yeah main event but i mean um bam, bam could have easily you could have put the belt on him for yeah. even a short run for a, to help build a baby face. Yeah, you got what Mark Mero when he was he clearly got signed because he was Johnny B. Bad and yeah. then made him the wild man. Then yeah, a boxer. well, I mean, there was rumours that he thought, Vince thought that he that Mero actually owned the Johnny B. Bad gimmick, ah. so he signed him thinking he it. would have Johnny B. Bad, but unfortunately, it was a WCW invention rather than. Uh, rather than uh, actually uh, owned by Mero himself. So yeah, I think there was, uh, that's one of the rumours that went round, but whether again that's true or not. But then Vince will be happy enough because he lucked out with getting Sable. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she's uh, sold a fair few uh, posters to teenage boys' bedroom walls. I mean, I was never a fan personally, but, she is a terrible wrestler. She is awful on the microphone. Um, she was just terrible. Like, obviously, that neither of those reasons are why she was hired <laughs> and why she was front and center. But, no, I mean, but those double knees are. Well, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, I, I try to look past all that. No, I want talent from my women, not just looks. So we follow this with Justin telling us that he's going to prove that he will be the next franchise and Shane getting a promo saying that he is the franchise. We then get Steve Carino in the ring saying that he's got an open challenge. This is answered by Taz. He begs off and calls out Chris Candido. So we get a falls count anywhere ECW title match between Chris Candido and Taz. The exchange blows and chops till Taz hits the Brooklyn boot. Brawl out to the ringside and Candido off the top with a cross body into the crowd. They brawl into the crowd to the back of the arena and then back to ringside. Candido posts Taz and then they go back into the crowd and all the way up to the crow's nest where Candido hits a elbow drop and gets a two count. We go to ads. When we come back, they're back in the ring and Chris hits a beautiful stalling suplex and then goes up top and hits a diving headbutt for a two. Taz hits a wheelbarrow Tazplex, some stomps, a corner whip, which Chris reverses into a slingshot belly-to-back suplex, which gets a two. Taz hits a sit-out powerbomb, a head and arm Tazplex, but Chris hits an eye poke powerbomb and goes to hit the blonde bombshell, but Taz blocks it and hits a super head and arm Tazplex. At this point, Tammy passes Chris a chain, and he hits a loaded punch, which gets a two. Chris goes and gets a table, punches Taz, but Taz then hits a Taz mission plex through the table. The ref stops it because the match looks as though Chris may have reissued his neck. We have EMTs come out and start taking him out of the ring. Taz, being the grade A cunt, attacks him on the stretcher, puts him back in the ring, puts on the Taz mission. I liked it, but I could do without the walk to the back of the arena and back again, crowd brawling. Yeah, I mean it was good. Um, I'm always a bit uneasy with anything to do with head and neck injuries. Yeah. Especially when somebody's legitimately had one in the past, and obviously there was that one where 
um, Sabu yes, as well. Sabu his. Benoit. Yeah. So I mean, I I never like those like oh, callbacks and things like that. And um, to me, I just find stuff like that a little uneasy, a little unsettling to watch. Uh, it's not the sort of wrestling I personally like. Um, I hate that blurred lines mm. sort of wrestling. I don't like it where they bring real life sort of problems people have had into it. I get that, especially now 1999, fans are a lot more savvy about what's going on. They can read the sheets, they can sort of yeah. read Meltzer's newsletter and yeah. things like that. So I, I understand why companies are bringing in real life situations more and more into it because they still kind of want to keep hate using these sort of terms but they kind of want to keep kayfabe alive to a degree yeah um i mean while they all openly admit that wrestling's now predetermined they still want to have a little bit of illusion to what they're doing so i mean i personally find it a little uneasy um but luckily uh sonny's acting was so terrible that for not one minute did i think it was real um what you mean that you you weren't sold on her her level of concern not really i'd i'd like to think if i broke my neck whoever my girlfriend was at the time would be in tears personally if she had witnessed it happen um but she just yeah she didn't really sell it for me um and then obviously the attack afterwards sort of gave it away that it's not legit but again never know with Taz maybe the thing is the the thing with the ECW audience is you look at them they are definitely the hardcore type of fans that will read mm. melts so they will read the torch so you know they know what's going on that sort of slight blurred lines to a point of works to make Taz even more of a bastard mm. Because the problem with Taz at the minute, he again, like RVD and Sabu, is such a tweener mm. that it's, what, what are you doing with him? Because you can't put him in a feud with anyone other than, I'm Taz, I'm going to beat you up. I, I think we need him to go one way or the other to sort of go forward with him. Sure. But then again, he is the champion, which means that he could go anywhere on the card because ECW have never been one for making the world title overly important no um, I mean it's one of them it's quite interesting that the TV title at the moment with Rob Van Damme seems to be more of a focus for the company because they're yeah. focusing more on him as a performer um, so um, yeah it's quite odd that their main title the world title seems to almost be the mid card title at this point rather than the actual main event title yeah and that's because RVD, obviously, he's just so good and his popularity is what it should be. It's exploded and he's having the killer matches week in, week out. I mean, I think the thing with RVD is, as you say, because his match quality is so much better, you can put him in front of a Fed fan or a WCW fan and he's going to get their attention yeah. more than seeing Taz just slamming people about. Well, I mean, the, the problem with Taz, again, is he's a very intimidating looking man till you realise he's five foot seven, five foot nine, whatever he is. Yeah. Like against you put him in a Fed ring or a WCW ring, you put him in there against someone like a Hogan or a Nash in WCW, who are legit six five and six nine, yeah. six ten, whatever Nash is, um he's gonna look like a small boy. Well you can look like a midget. Well even if you look at some of the mid carders in the Fed, they're all yeah. six plus. If you put him in as a against Hunter. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd look tiny to to him, which yeah, as you say, might sort of be his his downfall. Yeah. Um, yeah, he looks fine in, w- in ECW because the tallest guy there is probably about six foot. Mm. There's no sort of massive giants. No, they're booked more on their ability than their look, aren't they? With yeah. ECW, which is quite nice. So we will go into the third week's TV. Um, which is more from Cyberslam. We open up with the end scene of the six-man tag match in a cage where the Dudleys beat... Dudleys and Mustafa beat Axel Ball and New Jack. But to end the match, we see New Jack diving off the top of the cage through Mustafa through a table. We get a wonderful match between Jerry Lynn and Yoshihiro Tajiri, which Jerry Lynn wins with a cradle pile driver. This is some awesome high fly action. I would definitely say if you like the WCW Cruiserweights, you like Lucha, definitely get on this match. It is fucking awesome. We carry on the great Lucha action with Super Crazy defeating Mosca de la Mesa with a frog splash. Again, awesome high flying cruiserweight action, definitely worth your time. And the main event of the evening shows Shane Douglas beating Just Incredible. Shane wins after hitting the Pittsburgh plunge. Post-match, Lance attacks Shane. Shane gets caned. Out comes Tommy, who smashes them all with a bin. Again, it was another alright match between these two. Never really sort of got out of third gear. But... You know, it was it was decent. Um, Kane spots really good again. Um, so, what did you think of this week's episode of TV? Yeah, I thought it was really. Good. I love the cage match. I I love a good cage match. Um, it'd be nice if the ceiling, if the venue was a little bit higher, <laughs> so New Jack wasn't dodging the air conditioning units. Yeah. Um, to uh, obviously jump onto Mustafa through the table. Um, one thing I would have liked, um, if you're coming from that height, crashing through an opponent on the table. Sell that you hurt yourself doing it. Do you know what I mean? I get New Jack's meant to be a hard bastard, <laughs> but that that's just what one of my pet peeves in wrestling is like. When you hit something like that, it should hurt you. You are that determined to hurt your opponent, you are hurting yourself too. Yeah. So, um, I love the Dudleys. I think Devon is one of the most underrated performers, not only in ECW but probably in wrestling at this at their current time. Um, and Bulls and Axel do what they do um, again it's not everyone's cup of tea but I think they it's one of those situations where while it's not for me obviously a lot of people like Paul's and Axel yeah chairs are freaks for a reason well exactly yeah I mean I don't mind the, the chair spots but I mean it's um, when you do that stuff permanently and constantly it, it almost sort of dilutes it to a point where yeah where it doesn't, you can smash as many people over the head with a chair, but if you do that 30 times in a night, then when somebody does it in the main event later, it's not gonna have the same impact. Yeah. So I mean, that that would be, that's my only sort of concern with stuff like that, and um, and how that works in wrestling, is obviously chair shots used to be quite a guarded, sneaky, bloody thing to do, um, and now that obviously isn't the case with ECW and the way they're saying, oh, just everyone does it. You're like, all right, yeah. cool. Every, everyone has a chair yeah. all the time. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's nice that like they don't they don't <laughs> pretend in ECW that 
it's cheating. Yeah. Like the ref's just going, oh, don't do that. Do you know what I mean? Smash. Oh, I told you not to do that. And it's like, yeah, fine. They're not going to DQ you for it, though. So, yeah, I do like the fact that it's almost like allowed. Yeah. I mean, not that ECW really has rules, but I mean, it's one of them where it's like, oh, yeah, chairs are fine. Yeah. Tables are fine. It's like, yeah, it's cool. So, like, at least that's not. They're not trying to hide it. No, it's consistent. Yeah, it's consistent in its cons- inconsistency. But um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it was a really enjoyable cage match. Obviously, it was just the highlights. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think Tajiri is incredible. Uh, I hope to see a lot more of him going forward. Yes. Um, again, he would fit so well into the WCW Cruiserweight division. Um, the only issue there is they'll probably want to give him some silly Japanese gimmick. Yeah, which so is always a let concern. Him be. Uh, just let the wrestling do the talking, um, which WCW used to be, um, but that seems to be less and less the case going forward. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him more of Tajiri. Um, yeah. That's about it, really. I'd say Super and Crazy is probably another one that could quite easily end up. He's incredible. I think the only problem is, again, he's either really successful in blurring the lines between whether he's legitimately batshit crazy or he's just batshit crazy in ECW, because I don't know. Yeah. And uh, that's equally brilliant and quite terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's either, he is either legitimately super yeah. crazy or. Yeah. He's a bloody good actor. He lives the gimmick. Yeah. But yeah, like he's he's superb. I mean, given that he's what he's only in his twenties, isn't he? I think he's about twenty-five. Yeah, that's that's nuts. I mean, he's got. I mean, not necessarily with his style, but he's probably got a good ten to fifteen years yeah. ahead of him in wrestling, maybe more. Um. So yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. But again, he'd be a great fit for WCW's cruiserweight. Yeah, he would definitely fit. In. I haven't watched it in a while, but I think it's probably still the LWO kicking about. Fit straight into there. He's got a straight gimmick, straight sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, straight entry there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, did he ever wear a mask? No. No. He's never been a masked lucha, so. Oh, he's He's one of the few that came straight out with no mask, so he didn't have anything to lose. Fair enough. So we will go into the last week's TV for the month. Um, this isn't from Cyberslam. Uh, we get Balls and Axel defeating the FBI, Guido and Sally. After Axel hits a massive fucking chair shot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Though to be fair, the one that he hit Sally with was fucking awfully hard. The absolute state of that <laughs> chair afterwards, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was cringy. He was fucked horrid. Up. We then get Taka Mishinoku versus Papi Cholo. Taka wins with Mishinoku Driver 2. Papi was Aguilera from the Fed, um, which was one of those, like, sort of, I thought I knew him from somewhere. But yeah, he was Aguilera. Really good match. Um, it's a shame that they never got to do this level of match when they were doing that light heavyweight title thing back in the early 98 end of 97 time when Vince decided that he wanted to have a, a lightweight division and then soon pissed over it um, I'm hoping that they both kick about in ECW for a bit because it will revigorate Taka who we all know is a good wrestler but in the land of the giants has not got a chance 
and him versus Tajiri, him super crazy, him Jerry Lynn, same with Papi Jolo against either of those. Some decent matches that can come out of that. We then see Lance and Justin jumping Shane backstage. They beat him down until Tommy comes out and canes them. The locker room's empties to help them out. There's a tag team match between the Impact players, Jerry and Super Crazy, which sees the faces win. The Dudleys come down, beat them all up. Everyone is calling for a tag title match. RVD says that he will defend the titles against Devon on his own. So we get the main event of the month with Devon, seconded by Bubba Ray, defeating RVD for the ECW World Tag Team titles. RVD starts with a Japanese arm drag and a spin kick. More kicks, spinning leg drop. Devon counters with a Hurricane Rana into a powerbomb for a two. Elbows to the knees and a spinging back elbow gets a two count. Devon hits some punches. RVD misses the monkey flip, so Devon hits a hangman's neck breaker for a two. Slam from the second rope and a leg drop gets a two. They exchange punches until RVD hits an array of kicks and the rolling thunder for a two. A normal light suplex only gets a one. Fonzie lobs in a chair and RVD hits the split leg moonsault onto the chair. Bubba takes out the ref. Devon hits an inverted DDT. Some corner punches. RVD then hits a limp leaping sidekick and hits the five star but only gets a two as Bubba grabs the ref again. Devon hits a pile driver that gets a two. RVD with a spin kick and hits the super van dominator but only gets a two. Again, Bubba taking out the ref. Bubba then comes in and slams him with a giant splash, a couple of headbutts, and the double team headbutt to the balls by Devon. They hit 3D, which gets a two. RVD blocks a second 3D, tosses Bubba into the Van Daminator, and is about to go for the five star until Lance and Justin come out and distract him. RVD falls, comes down, the Dudleys hit a super 3D from the top rope, and Devon gets the pin. So, as the big match for the month, what are we thinking about Devon and RVD? I thought it was brilliant, I really enjoyed it. Um, as I say, it was one of those where it highlighted how good Devon is. Yes. Um, I say he's a bit of an unsung hero of the Dudley boys. I don't think he ever quite gets as much plaudits as Bubba Ray. I think um, that that's because Bubba's mic work is so above it. He's stellar. Else. He's fantastic on the mic. And I mean, he's great in ring as well, don't get me wrong. But I always think uh, not enough props go to Devon. And I think this match is highlights exactly where I'm coming from. Yeah, Devon was fucking awesome in this match. Um, mm. And it wasn't like one of those of where RVD had to slow it down a bit because Devon couldn't go at his pace. Mm. It was still the same RVD pace, still the Absolutely, same yeah. RVD match. And Devon was keeping up with it move for move. And mm. as you say, it shows how good Devon is. Um, Post-match, we see Sabu come out, but he gets caned by Justin and beat down as we go off the air with Justin and Lance standing over RVD and Sabu. Um, I quite like the idea of getting the titles off Sabo and RVD. I think that, yes, it's great RVD having the two belts for his entrance. Yeah. But 
at least now you've got rid of that and it sort of gives the tag division, which ECW has a very good tag division, an actual chance to use the tag belts. Yeah, it certainly gives it the shot in the arm, doesn't it? Um, obviously, with uh, I mean, I don't watch a lot of ECW by any stretch, but I just imagine with how um, RVD is as a singles performer, that's where they want to concentrate. Yeah. And um, I, Sabu legitimately broke his jaw, didn't he? Yes. So I mean, he has got to take some time off for that. You say that he's he's he broke it a month and a half ago, and he still wins the pay per view. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> just take that. It's, um, it's 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 Sabu. This is what yeah. he does. So um, so yeah, it's one of those where maybe they're more, um, maybe Heyman's more interested in pushing RVD as a singles competitor, and less on that tag team thing, because he's doing so well, and as you say, he's arguably one of the top performers in the world at this time so I mean it's certainly um, that's certainly what I'd probably be considering and so taking the tag belts off um, they don't need them no but maybe like the Dudleys do going forward um, maybe it's one of them where even if they have it short term because they're so well established in ECW you could then put um, say a team like Danny Doran and Roadkill over yeah. for example or Chetty and Nova or yeah. something like that they could easily enter a feud with the Dudley boys and they're quite popular but they're probably not on that level yet no it definitely carry up who they're working absolutely. with absolutely and I think that could be an idea to go forward with there and the thing is even if you look at someone like Balls and Axel they could get such a yeah well a I mean if they then them and the Dudleys they'd just have a good old brawl wouldn't yeah. they and that would be an arena wide chairs sticks yeah things and, there'd, uh, there'd be chaos but it'd be exactly what the fans want from that type of match um, so yeah I mean even if you do as you say even if the eventual feud because obviously uh, <coughs> at the end of their match um, Axel Rotten grabbed that fan sign didn't he yeah. saying they deserve the belt so I mean that, that looks like they may be going with that or he may have just been uh, basically putting himself in a position where he's like look this is what the fans want so let's do it Paul yeah um, um, as I said obviously the last few months at the pay-per-views Dudley's have come out and just gone we want an open challenge we're not even on the card yeah. I suppose it now means that if they do want to do the open challenge at least there's that we're the tag team champions no one wants to fit. who's got the balls to come and face us and try to take these belts off us yeah, it absolutely. gives it that extra level of of reason for them to do the challenges and the thing with the Dudleys is they can take a loss and it doesn't <coughs> affect them in any way sure that's the one thing that a lot of people don't have is that sort of level of grace where win or lose a match doesn't mm. matter because the crowd are still going to hate the Dudleys the Dudleys yeah. are still the biggest fucking heels yeah I think the outcome in a lot I mean from what little ECW I have seen um I barely remember who wins the Dudley matches anyway. Yeah. Because that's not the important thing. The outcome has never been. Well, they obviously they've been tag team champions and stuff there, so they've won more than they've lost. But it's it's more about their character work and it, it's more about the their ability the and the and the yeah the absolute carnage they seem to generate in that audience. 
So yes, um, obviously going forward next month there is a pay-per-view. Um, obviously as of recording, there hasn't been a card announced. Um, so the only thing we do know is we are getting Jerry in RBD2, which if the first one is anything to go by, that will be worth the fucking price alone. Um, I would imagine there'll be Impact players versus Tommy and Shane, because um, it's obviously been building there all month. We'll probably get the Dudleys defending the tag team titles. Um, but yeah, it's looking like it should be a decent pay-per-view. So, it takes this time for me to thank you, James, for joining us today. No problem. Do you have any pimping or wares that you'd like to share with the world? I don't. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you like. I occasionally post once every three months, at Yully79. Um, what about your t-shirt store? I'll shut that down. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't bother with that anymore. I'm too busy having a normal adult job now that I can't really, uh, I don't have my time to do much design. Um, follow Pro Wrestling Eve, and uh, they are currently taking part and looking to do UK Pride in London, and they do have a GoFundMe, so if you just look Pro Wrestling Eve on Facebook, please give some money to that if you can. So, this month we have Volume 1 is... WF and Backlash Volume 2 is Spring Stampede and WCW. Um, obviously, for me, if you want to listen to my music or music, go show and tell with tunes. Uh, we are nearly up to episode 150, which is a just shy of a three hour new metal special. You will love it. Um, and as always, obviously, rate review on iTunes is wonderful. Listen to it on Spotify and give all the lovely reviews on there too. Um, and as ever, obviously, if you want to help us monetarily, you can always join the Patreon. And until next time, goodbye.